words of the living God impart our lives today and ever and forevermore in Jesus name amen so we began the study of the book of the Acts of Apostles on the 5th of January 2022 five whole months of looting Eku lutino Eku lutino that's the response Eku lutino you know, and I was just thinking about it. It has been so amazing, and we are not even done. God has been speaking to us through so many amazing teachers, and I want to acknowledge everyone who has been teaching. You know, God has used everyone so powerfully. At the beginning um, of chapter 11 last week, which was part 19, um, Pastor Richard you know, really gave us a, a very deep insight. And one of the things he said was that um, he talked about how Peter was criticized for speaking, for taking the gospel to the Gentiles and how Peter was able to successfully quell that criticism. So today, um, we will continue in the book of the Acts of Apostles, chapter 11. Today we'll be looking at verses 19 through to 30. So I'm going to read very quickly Acts of Apostles, chapter 19, verses, chapter 11, pardon me, verses 19 through to 30. And I'm reading from the Amplified Classic Version. Verse 19. Meanwhile, those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose in connection with Stephen had traveled as far away as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch without delivering the message concerning the attainment through Christ of salvation in the kingdom of God to anyone except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on returning to Antioch spoke to the Greeks also, proclaiming to them the good news, the gospel about the Lord Jesus. And the presence of the Lord was with them with power, so that a great number learned to believe. They learned to adhere to and trust in and rely on the Lord and turned and surrendered themselves to him. The rumors of this came to the ears of the church assembly in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the grace, the favor God was bestowing upon them, he was full of joy and he continuously exhorted. That is, he warned them, he urged them and encouraged them, all of them to cleave unto and remain faithful to and devoted to the Lord with resolute and steady purpose of heart. Verse 24. For he was a good man good in himself and also at once for the good and the advantage of other people. He was full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit and full of faith. And a large company was added 
to the Lord. Verse 25, Barnabas went on to Tarsus to hunt for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him back to Antioch. For a whole year, they assembled together with and were guests of the church and instructed a large number of people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. And during these days, prophets, that is, inspired teachers and interpreters of the divine will and purpose, came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them, named Agabus, <clears throat> stood up and prophesied through the Holy Spirit that a great and severe famine would come upon the whole world. And this did occur during the reign of Claudius. Verse 29. So the disciples resolved to send relief, each according to his individual ability, that is, in proportion as he had prospered to the brethren who lived in Judea. Verse 30. And so they did, sending their contributions to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. May the Lord bless the reading and the hearing of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So straight away, we'll go into verse 19. You know, it, it, it was quite interesting to find that this... I'm going to start with us. I want us to understand the distance to which these people traveled. Now, meanwhile, those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose in connection with Stephen had traveled as far away as Phoenicia. They were scattered because of the death of Stephen. But even though they were scattered, they were delivering the message, yet they were not delivering to everyone. They still chose to deliver the message only to the Jews. So as they were going, they were checking everybody. Are you Jew or Gentile? Are you Yoruba Christian or are you Igbo? Which one are you? Let me know the people that I'm called to talk to. That was how they went. So. Now, so I did a little bit of research, just a little bit, according to Auntie Google. I call her Auntie Google. The distance between Jerusalem and Phoenicia is 9,102 kilometers. That's like Lagos to Asia. Lagos to Asia is 9,159 kilometers. That's how far from when they stoned Stephen, the place where they stoned Stephen, to where they ran to, 9,000 kilometers away. Cyprus, 412 kilometers away from Jerusalem. So, Google says if you travel at the consistent speed of 50 kilometers per hour, you will reach Jerusalem in 8 hours and 26 minutes. So how far is Antioch from Jerusalem? Antioch is 11,902 kilometers from Jerusalem. That's how far these people ran when Stephen was killed. That is how far they scattered and, you know, it says that if you travel at 50 kilometers per hour, you reach Jerusalem from Antioch in 238.06 hours. That's approximately 10 straight days of traveling nonstop at 50 kilometers per hour. That's how these people ran because one man was killed. And that's how far they went. But, you know, God is so amazing. He's just so amazing. Even though there are some points I want to bring out here. Number one, even though they ran 
far and they were preaching the gospel, they still chose the people they were going to talk to. That's the first one I want, to, I want us to talk about. Why do they keep choosing the people they want to talk to? And one of the things that Papi taught us on Sunday was that if we are not clear on God's kind, loving, gentle, but powerful voice, we will be swayed by culture. These people were swayed by culture. The culture that they met was that Jews stay away from Gentiles. Those people are unclean people, you know, like Pastor Richard, you know, dug in last week when Peter, Peter kill, Peter kill, Peter see animal, chop. Peter said, I don't eat this kind of animal, no Lord. Even, even though he was still saying no Lord, so he knew it was God that was bringing the animals and he was still challenging it. These people were swayed by culture because they were not clear that God loves everyone. And the message of salvation was brought to everyone. So they, were, they did not believe that the Gentiles were deserving of sozo. So I bring us back to sozo. Sozo, pronounced sozo. S-O-D-E dash zo. Which means to save, to keep, to preserve, to deliver, and to heal. This great message of salvation is for everyone. It is the truth that gives us life, complete deliverance, complete redemption. The full price was paid for everybody's sin, Jews and Gentiles alike. And if you're not familiar with the word so-so, you can actually watch the full teaching. There are two-part series on our YouTube channel, um, to make it easier for you to catch up on it, it was streamed on the 24th of January, 2021, and on the 31st of January, 2021. That was when we learned about Sozo. Sozo is for everyone. And yet, these believers received this salvation and decided that only Jews are deserving of this Sozo. Only Jews are deserving of this Sozo. So it brings us to the question of, do we segregate people that we talk to? So now I'm going to talk about the second thing I want to bring out from this verse. Now you recall that the people did not leave Jerusalem until Stephen was stoned. Even though, even though, even though the Holy Spirit, God has said to them in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. No, they remained in Jerusalem until the death of Stephen. That became a crisis that chased everybody left, right, everybody scattered 11,000 kilometers away. So this crisis that was supposed to put a stopper on the bottle was actually what broke the bottle, shattered it, and allowed the aroma, the sweet fragrance of salvation to spread 11,000 kilometers away. Isn't our God just amazing? It's so amazing. You know, so sometimes crisis is a good thing. It's, it's a good thing when God uses it as a catalyst to jumpstart us and push us out of our comfort zone into that destiny which he has preordained for us. At the time Stephen was being stoned, it was not funny. 
It was not nice. It wasn't because Stephen wasn't, wasn't called a sinner. He was a man filled with the Holy Spirit. So for the believers there, Stephen wasn't deserving. But God knew what he wanted to do. And he knew that he took a Stephen in quotes, a clean Stephen in quotes, to birth that push. Because, guess what? Acts 15, 18 says, Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. So God already knew everything that was going to happen. He already knew. And that's why if you see, when Stephen was being stoned, before he was stoned, he said, I see heaven open. That even infuriated them. He said, but I see heaven open. Stephen was ready to go home. He was ready to go home. He was ready to go home. And God, who knew all things beforehand, knew that I will call Stephen home and these people will spread out. But the enemy thought we will shut Stephen down and everybody will be very quiet and submissive. But God knew the end from the beginning. And that's why they say better is the end of it all than the beginning thereof. For there is a latter glory coming upon us all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So now, this set of believers, again, they were equipped, yet they chose who to minister to. Why? Why? Why do we as Christians select the people to whom we preach the gospel? Why do we select the people? I mean, this is an interactive session, and if you have questions, you can just start writing them down, and at the end of this discussion, we will take up all the questions that come up by the grace of God. But I want us to think about it. Why do we, why do we, why do we select the people that we talk to? When God says that this message of salvation is for everyone, we just say, ah, this one. Be like, this one, this one, this one is a good person, small. Eh, it will be easy. Mm. I can just go talk to this one. Ah, this one is my townsman. Oh, yeah, let us speak our language. Let me shall go and talk to this person. No. The message of salvation is for everyone. Regardless of your tribe, regardless of where you're from, the message of salvation is for everyone. And you know, on Sunday, Papi told us, he said, say hello to someone that you haven't seen before in church. And I'm here to encourage us, go beyond that. Say hello to someone in your environment. Say hello to someone in your social circle. Say hello to someone at work. Say hello to someone. Have a discussion with someone that you always see. Every time you go out, you see this person. Stop and say hello to that person because your obedience may just be what will birth the salvation for that person. It may be what will birth the changed life that that person has been praying to God earnestly for. So I'll tell you a story. Many years ago, I, I was in a bus. And back then, when I enter a bus, I just keep quiet, mind my business, and I count the minutes until I get to my destination. Like, let me just get down safely. As I sat in the bus... I just felt God say to me, tell the lady beside you that everything is going to be all right. Uh -uh. Why now? Why? 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 Why me? Why? How? How? Just let me mind my business inside this bus. Say, tell her that everything is going to be all right. That's all. Ah. 
it's a very simple message now, B. She will say, nothing is wrong with me, Abby. But for me, I'm like, oh, why? Oh, God, why? Choose somebody else. But eventually, I just looked at her and I said to her, um, my sister, I just want to tell you that everything is going to be all right. And she said, oh, thank you so much. Oh, you know, and she poured out her life history. Honestly, I can't remember everything she said. I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, are you kidding me right now? You mean somebody actually wanted to hear that statement? Everything is going to be all right. Say to someone next to you, everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. Because God has got your back. God has got your back. Praise God. Your obedience of that single statement, your obedience of give that person a hundred naira and you're thinking hundred naira, it cannot even buy, the bread it will buy will be very small. It's not your business what it will buy. Just give it. That's, that's all. Do your part and let God do his part through your hands. And God will empower us to be obedient and swift to respond to his word in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll move on to verses 20 to 21. It says, But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on returning to Antioch spoke to the Greeks also, proclaiming to them the good news, the gospel about the Lord Jesus. And the presence of the Lord was with them with power, so that a great number learned to believe in the Lord. And, you know, again, these people, these men, nameless men, because the Bible just said there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene. That's all. I mean, you could at least have said Emeka and, you know, John were returning. No. Nameless people. No title. Ordinary men. They just obeyed and they went and they spoke to the Greeks and boom, sozo, salvation was given to the Greeks because of their obedience. Because of their obedience. And the Bible doesn't play with words. It says in verse 21, the presence of the Lord was with them with power. So not only did they carry the presence of God, they carried it with power. And this power birthed sozo in the lives of these Greeks. We are looting, no? And we are still looting. We are in the valley of Beraka. So I have a question. What are you doing with your loot? All the anointing, all the prayer, all the night vigil, everything. What are you doing with it? You don't need a title. You don't need to be known. All you need is obedience. All you need to do is just go out there and speak the gospel. These people spoke the gospel, gave salvation to the Greeks. And guess what? Verse 22 says, the rumors of this came to the ears of the church assembly in Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. 11,000 kilometers away. 11,000 kilometers away, the rumors of what these people were doing, speaking the gospel, reached the church in Jerusalem. 
rumors of the power of God changing lives were spreading fast. Question again. What rumors of God's work is being spread about you and I? Remember, these people were nameless, no title, no pastor, no reverend, no pope, no bishop, no prophet, no evangelist. Yet, the rumors of the work that they were doing in Antioch spread all the way to Jerusalem. And I have another question yet. What rumors of the church are you spreading? Are you telling people how mighty the power and the presence of God is in church? Or are you busy telling them gossip of, eh, have you heard this person did this thing? Eh, have you heard that person did that thing? What's your business? Go ahead and spread the good news. Because guess what? You are the Bible that the world reads. You are the Bible that the world sees. You are the Bible that they see. Your neighbor sees you. Your neighbor may not be coming to your church, but your neighbor sees you, and it is what you do that they assume that the whole church does. You are the representative of God here on earth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, of course, um, Barnabas was sent. And verse 23 says, when he arrived and saw what grace and favor God was bestowing upon them, he was full of joy and he continuously exhorted. He warned, urged, and encouraged them all to cleave unto and remain faithful to and devoted to the Lord with resolute and steady purpose of heart. The church sends Barnabas. By the time Barnabas gets to Antioch, it is even more than what they had heard in Jerusalem. He saw the amount of grace and favor, the amount of healing, deliverances, how people were set free from long-time illnesses and bondages. He saw it and he was overjoyed. He was overjoyed. What are people seeing about you that can bring joy? What are people seeing about you that can bring joy? So we'll move on to verse 24. Verse 24 is actually quite interesting because it starts by describing who Barnabas was. After Barnabas had seen him, then it starts to describe who Barnabas was. He says, for he was a good man. He was good in himself and also at once for the good and the advantage of other people. He was full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit and full of faith, of his belief that Jesus is the Messiah through whom we obtain eternal salvation. And a large company was added to the Lord. So we see Barnabas, a good man. Not only was he a good man, he was good in himself and also for the good and advantage of other people. He was full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit and he was full of faith. He was a good man. And good and advantage for others. So another question. How would people describe you? How would people describe you? Are you good in yourself or yourself alone? 
or are you also good for the advantage of other people? And you know, this good in himself and good for the advantage of other people is at least a combination of two of our values here in God's spirit house. He was good in himself and good for other people. So he had a seven spirit and also had teamwork. He was full of faith and that is risk taking in our value chain. Yes, so our values are right here on the screen. A servant spirit. That is the highest office of serving. Diversity, this is our strength. We are diverse and this brings us, makes us stronger. Authenticity, zero tolerance to gossip. We're real people. We are real people. We are the looters, Abby. Informality, hello, hello. Simplicity, you know, they say the simplest people, they are the strongest. Everything is simple. Flexibility, if you are rigid, you will break. And Barnabas, as we go along, we'll see that Barnabas was not a rigid person at all. He wasn't because we are beginning, we'll, we'll get on to see the many other things that he did. Teamwork, none of us is as strong as all of us. Continuous learning. When you stop learning, you stop leading. And not just leading other people. You stop leading yourself. Because the first person you must lead is yourself. When you're able to lead yourself, you will be able to lead others effectively. Innovation. Innovation, they say, always breeds excellence. And excellence honors God and inspires people. Commitment. Barnabas was committed to the church. He was committed we need to be committed to ourselves and to the church. And of course, risk-taking, which is, which is just faith. Just faith. Just faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. So when you see people, when, what, what do people say about you? Can they pick out these values from your life? Or when you come close to someone and you say, hey, hello, I, want to, I, I just want to see you. They say, I, I have a meeting, though. I, I have somebody waiting for me. Now, please, some of these excuses may actually be genuine. But if it's repeated, then you know that this person doesn't want to have a conversation with you. What are you bringing on board? What value are you bringing on board? And I have another question again. When things are given to you, do they multiply or do they deplete? Because we see in verse 24b of this um, chapter 11, and a large company was added to the Lord. Not only was the crowd saved before Barnabas got there, a large company was added again after Barnabas arrived. How did he achieve this? Very obvious in how the Bible describes him. A good man, good in himself, and also good and also for the good and advantage of other people, full of faith and controlled by the Holy Spirit. And I will say really that this should be the basic credential for every believer. This should be the basic credential for every believer. People should be able to say you are good, not just for yourself, but also for the advantage of other people. I can call on this person and I know that stuff will be sorted out. And it's not until you have all the money in the world. No, being good is a character, it's something that you develop with or without all the abundance. Because if you are not a good person, even when you have the abundance, 
it will still show that you're not a good person because you will keep that abundance to yourself and become stale water. But God is asking, can I, can I trust you? Can you be a channel through which I can pass goodness to others? Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, so moving on quickly. After we see the credential of Barnabas, then Barnabas in verse 25 goes to hunt for Saul. Ejo, who sent Barnabas to go and hunt for Saul? I mean, when I saw the word hunt, like, you know how hunters are? They go and they're looking for a particular animal. He went in search of Saul. He went in search of Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him back to Antioch. And for a whole year, they assembled together with and were guests of the church and instructed a large number of people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Now, pause. Barnabas going in search of Saul. This wasn't the first time, oh. It actually wasn't the first time. And if we look at Acts chapter 9, verse 26 and 27, after Saul was converted and he came into Jerusalem, verse 26 says, and when he had arrived in Jerusalem, this is Saul now, when Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to associate himself with the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe he really was a disciple. Verse 27 However, Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and he explained to them how along the way he had seen the Lord who spoke to him and how at Damascus he had preached freely and confidently and courageously in the name of Jesus. But in verse 30 of Acts chapter 9, the brethren still sent Saul back to his hometown, Tarsus. Verse 30 says, and when the brethren found it out, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus, his hometown. That is Saul. And they left him there. Then we see Barnabas arrives Antioch and goes to Tarsus to go and look for Saul again. He went there because there was a purpose and a mission that Saul needed to accomplish. There was a purpose. May God plant in our lives Barnabases. People that will go in search of us and say, there is a purpose for you. There is something that God has said you have to do. Regardless of what your history was, regardless of what your past was. Saul, I mean, when Stephen was being stoned, Saul stood, put your coat down, go and stone him. Put your coat down, we'll watch it for you. But Barnabas didn't look at that. Barnabas was full of the Holy Spirit and he heard God clearly. Go and call this man. And he went in search of him. You know, and again, it's a pointer to what Papi had mentioned, I think two episodes ago of when we were talking about um, the message going to the Gentiles. And Peter yeah, first went to Cornelius, but Paul or Saul took the message even further. If Barnabas had not gone in search of Saul, would that have happened? The believers had, they had put Saul to one corner. Saul, 
stay in your village. Let us continue what God has called us to do. So Barnabas was the catalyst that was used. You need people to help you fulfill your destiny. You need people. You can't do life alone. Please don't do life alone. Don't do this work alone. You need people because together we are better. Amen? Together we are better. So Barnabas stayed in the place he was called to. And because of how powerful the work he did was, for the first time, the people were called Christians. Their behavior, their activity, their speech was Christ-like. A lion gives birth to a lion. It doesn't give birth to a monkey. You have received the message of salvation. The Bible is telling us, become Christ-like. And God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 27 and 28 says, And during those days, prophets, inspired teachers and interpreters of the divine will and purpose came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them named Agabus stood up and prophesied through the Holy Spirit that a great and severe famine will come upon the whole world. And this did occur during the reign of Claudius. People will always be attracted to good things. People will always be attracted to good things. These people, these men had passed Antioch before. They did not stop to talk to the Greeks. The church did not send Barnabas. The prophets did not come to Antioch. But suddenly, these men stopped, preached the message, and then prophets are coming to Antioch to come and say, Thus says the Lord. It's amazing what God can do by one man's obedience. And you know, because these, these men, these nameless men obeyed and the prophets came, they were able to avert what would have been a hunger disaster in the land. The Holy Spirit revealed to them what was to come and immediately the believers swung into action. We see that in verse 29. So the disciples resolved to send relief, each according to his individual ability, in proportion as he had prospered to the brethren who lived in Judea. The Holy Spirit re revealed what was to come. The believers started gathering re resources in proportion. In proportion. A lot of times God says this is what is going to happen. Then we fold our arms and we are waiting for God to come and do. He has already said what will happen. It is now for us to act. Because God will not do what we should do. He has done what he would do. And he has equipped us. And we are better together as a church. And as a church, God's favorite house, we have set up a lot of pools for wealth distribution. Bringing in your wealth and redistributing it to everyone. Examples. I'll share a few examples. Of course, you can get a more comprehensive list in the church office. The Rafa Covenant, 40,000 Naira health insurance. Family of six, catered for for one whole year. That is how you can contribute. That is how you can be good and be good for, as an advantage to others. Everything for 50. Bring what is old to you. It becomes new to another person for just 50 Naira. I mentor for adults and children. You, you have gone to school, you know all these things. Bring that wealth of experience. Someone else will benefit for it. These are the things and so much more 
that can change the variables in the equation that Papi talked about that the God will do it against service. Do, you, do we remember that equation? If I remember it well, oh, maybe it's the other way. 15 minus 4 minus 11 equals 0 of poverty. We are busy trying to change the 0. Change the 0. Change the 0. Father, change the 0. Father, change the 0. No! He's saying, like Papi said, the problem is not the 0. The problem was not the upcoming farming that the prophets had prophesied. It wasn't. To get the zero to become 100, one or more of the variables must change so that the result is no longer poverty. And that is what the believers did. What do you have? Bring. What do you have? Bring. It was equal sacrifice, not equal giving. And that's why the widow's might in the Bible, if we recall that story, it, wasn't, it was a might. It was nothing compared to what other people were giving, but it was equal sacrifice. And her sacrifice, as a matter of fact, was higher, even though it was just a might. So bring what is in your hands. It is what is in your hands that God will multiply. And it is that thing in your hands that makes the equation no longer equal to zero. Praise God. Hallelujah. That thing in your hand, bring it and let the church use it to the glory of God. And verse 30 says, and so they did, sending their contributions to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. Barnabas and Saul were found to be trustworthy, such that so much wealth could be entrusted into their care without fear. Can you be trusted with the wealth of God? We have been looting and we are still looting. Because we are not leaving this valley of Baraka. Eh, we are here to stay. The valley of blessing. Amen. The things that we are collecting. How are we distributing it out? It's food for thought. Today we have heard the word of God. That there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the Holy Spirit. And as Papi said, the Holy Spirit teaches us. He equips us. He tells us what to do. He convicts us and tells us this thing you're doing, you can do better. So I want us to bow our heads as we pray. You're here or maybe you're online and you're hearing this word and you're thinking, I need this sozo in my life. I need salvation. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Just raise your hand up and the Lord sees your hand and will pray that Father in the name of Jesus for everyone who is giving their life today, Lord, that you will breathe upon them. Let your Holy Spirit be poured afresh upon them in the mighty name of Jesus. My Father, change their stories for good. Turn their lives around. Let them meet the turning point that will take them from where they are to where they ought to be. And let the name of Jesus and Jesus alone be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you, our Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, well, here ends my talk talk. <clears throat> so we'll welcome Papi. Um, praise God. Hallelujah. Hola, me papa. We cannot hear Hola. you. Okay, I can hear you. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Okay, so um, if we have Thank questions. You Thank you, sir. If we have questions, um, please let's kindly send them in.
And um, while we're getting ready our questions, I have a question, sir. Which is, which is the question I asked in between the teaching. Ejo, who sent Barnabas to go after Saul? I mean, he was so determined to keep hunting down this man called Saul. Well, I think that it's, it's, um, <clears throat> it's the initiative of, of, of the kingdom in his heart, which is he didn't need to wait until the Holy Spirit tells him, oh, go meet, go look for, for, for Saul or for Paul in this case. And, um, and, and many times we are waiting for God to instruct us or for us to be prodded. You know, some things are just um, waiting for your initiative. So Barnabas took the initiative knowing that not a lot of people trusted Saul. And knowing that Saul was, would be, I mean, a huge, huge contribution to the kingdom of God. So he steps out and, and, and brought him to Antioch. Antioch, he, he, he put his, his own credibility behind Saul, uh, Paul, you know, and, and that changed the whole landscape of Christianity. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Papi. And my follow-up question would be that, did he not even fear that Peter was summoned? Peter, who sent you to Cornelius, the Gentile. Then him, they said, just go and see what is happening in Antioch. Went to go and look for Saul again. You know, and as believers, so my question is, as believers, is there, um, is there, for lack of a better word, like, are there things that God deposits in our hearts to do that we need permission, in quotes, to do? You know, I don't know how to phrase this question, but it's just something I was wrestling in my head with. So many times, you know, a lot of destinies are stalled because we are waiting for permission. Meanwhile, God has already given us <laughs> the permission. God is not going to come and give you a special permission. You know, if you are um, moving too fast like the horse, the Holy Spirit will put a rain on you, you know? So you already have permission to win souls, for instance. You already have permission to evangelize, you know, for instance. In some instances, like the example you gave, you will get a nudge that, okay, speak to this person, say this word to this person, and all that. But in most of the cases, you need to open your mouth and God says, open your mouth wide, wide and I will feel it. So it is as you open your mouth that God will feel it with utterance. So yeah, so we just take initiative. God has already I mean, commissioned us to take the world for him. You know, so we, we take the world for him. You know, we have permission already. I don't know if that helps. Yes, it does. Absolutely. We have permission already. Do we have online questions? Okay. Yes, we have online questions. Good evening. Good evening, Papi. Good evening, Pastor Ibake. Good evening, everyone. Okay, question one says, what if God has sent you to a specific people, e.g. your king's men, and you have taught us today to go outside 
to go outside people we are familiar with, would it be that we will be walking in disobedience or still doing God's will? Okay, so um, should I go? Sure. Okay, so if I understand that question, um, the person is saying, what if God has sent me to my brother and then I am saying, go outside your brother and talk to others as well. Would we be walking in disobedience? Well, number one, you need to go and talk to the brother they sent you to first. After you have spoken to the brother they sent you to, Bible says from, Jude, from Jerusalem to where? Judea to where? Samaria to where? To the uttermost parts of the earth. So, yes, speak to your brother, which is the first call. And then go beyond that. Because until Jesus comes, we have a message of salvation that has been deposited in us. And it goes beyond our, immediately, our immediate families. It goes to the uttermost parts of the earth. I don't know if Papi wants to add to that. No, that, that's, that's uh, sufficient. So, I mean, you, you start from where you are, you know, and, and you, you go from there, yeah, so. Okay, praise God. Hallelujah. The second question says, what can you do if you are in a place and God isn't leading you to give or contribute to a project? How do you explain to your brethren without sounding too pious? Okay, you're in a place and God isn't leading you to give to a project and you're going to be part of that project and God is not leading you to be, to give to that project. So, okay, Papi is here. Papi will answer that question. <laughs> I think you should give it a start, but let's see. Um, because the things I would say, eh, it's like saying, um, I'm in my family and there's no food. And I have money, but God is not telling me to use the money to buy food for my family. I don't know. That's how uh, my brain is interpreting it. Maybe I'm not interpreting it well. It's not rocket science now. You don't need permission to buy food for your children. I'm a mother. My children are hungry and I'm saying I'm waiting for God to tell me if I should buy food or not. No, there are some things you are part of it. You're part of it. And, you know, like the credentials of Barnabas. Barnabas was good for himself and an advantage to others. He didn't need permission from God to become an advantage to others because he was full of the Holy Spirit already. So you are eating from this pot and the pot is depleting. Please now. Contribute into this spot. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, that's that's pretty comprehensive that response because that that must be the um, your disposition. It must be your disposition. You know, um, let's say you know we are we are looking at and we are trusting that we will build our junior church. We yes. have a silver. We have a syrup building, you know, 
and and we say it's going to cost 200 million i don't know i mean 300 million i don't know and your children are going to be a part of that they are already enjoying syrup as it is they are teaching them the scriptures they are teaching them to grow you know it's time to build the syrup building like and, and we are like um um people let us contribute and build you know and you're like you're waiting for god to <laughs> you don't wait before you send your children to syrup you don't wait before they get blessed they are eating i heard they are, they, they they are having ice cream now and they are having balloons every sunday <laughs> yeah they are having they had a basil castle last week you know they are having the fun of their lives they are letting learning to know jesus we had one of our children took us in the I Am Confession and recited yeah. it by heart, Perfect. you know. Hallelujah. I mean, <laughs> many times we over-spiritualize things. However, what you should be asking God is not if you should give. If you're a part of it. If you're not a part of it, it's fine. If you're visiting the church, or you're visiting a church, or you're visiting a community, and they're like, oh, they're raising funds for, for, for ABC. Yeah, I mean, you, you should ask God, should I be a part of this? Because says, yeah, contribute something to it, you should. If he if says nothing or tells you not to, then, then fine. If you're part of a community, you should be asking to give by revelation. Now, to give by reason, it says, can I afford this? Can I afford this amount? You check your bank balance, you make a rational decision. To give by revelation means you're asking God, what do you want me to give? It's not should I give. It is what do you want me to give? And you know, and many times, I mean, in my own experience, and many times God has led me to give what I didn't have the time. It was speaking to me. <laughs> Does that even make sense? And he's giving my revelation. But it's history now. By God's grace, he provided the funds and I gave it. And we are where we are today. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, the third one I have is a comment from someone online about Sunday. And the person says, thank you, Papi, for the assignment scriptures of John 13 to 17. It really helped my understanding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. No more questions online. Okay. All right, Papi. Um, do you want to add? There's a question. Okay. We have a question in-house. Praise the Lord. It's not oh, yeah. a question. It's like an answer to your question to Papi as to why um, Barnabas had to go hunt for Saul. So we remember that earlier on Barnabas spent time with Saul and he kind of knew his character. The character of Saul was someone that had zeal to pursue what he wanted to do. So we remember the zeal with which he used to persecute the Jews and it, it was still in him. So, and he was not a Jew, if I'm correct. He was not a Jew. So at that point, when um, Barnabas came back to the point where they were preaching to the Jews, I, I think he saw that 
Saul would be instrumental, him not being a Jew, but having received the message of salvation, he can also talk to other people that are Greeks to also receive it. So the same zeal that was in him that he used to persecute them, the Christians will be the same one that will be in him when he's also propagating the gospel. And I think that was why Barnabas had to go for him because he would be like very instrumental to the spreading of the gospel. Praise God. Thank you so much for that contribution. Thank you so much for that contribution. You know, because like she said, the same zeal. Sometimes you need people that are like-minded like you, people that can go out of the ordinary, people that can do, in quotes, crazy things to achieve what God has sent you to do. And that's what we see that happen in Acts. As we move on, Acts chapter 13, we see that the Bible says in verse 2, Appoint Barnabas and Saul to the work I have called them. That's what the Holy Spirit said. As they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul to the work I have called them to undertake. So those two worked together and they birthed something that was absolutely amazing. So thank you again for that contribution. Awesome. I know. Um, Papi? Okay, sorry. I just wanted to... Did she say Barnabas was not a Jew? Yes, she was asking that Saul, no, Saul, that she wasn't sure if Saul was a Jew or a Greek. Saul was a, so Apostle Paul was a yes, Jew. Yes, Apostle Paul. He was a Jew. And Barnabas was also an, a Jew. Barnabas was who they would call an Hellenistic Jew. Um, Paul was a was definitely a Jew, yeah, of the tribe of Benjamin, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. So Paul was a Jew. Mm -hmm. Okay, praise God, hallelujah. Um, over to you, sir. Um, okay, thank you, Pastor Murolake. The Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. Let his face shine upon you Amen. and be gracious. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace amen who he is and shall be amen jesus mighty name we have prayed amen amen so god's favorite house who are we we are limitless all the way amen. thank you for listening to this i want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends God bless you.